Welcome to the Nova Church's podcast. We are a vibrant, dynamic, multicultural church in Alexandria, Virginia. Join us at 11 a.m. on Sundays. For more information, go to www.thenovachurch.com. We're excited to share this week's message with you. God bless. a servant of the Lord, and you're going to be blessed by his ministry, and I know you're going to preach with him today, so I wonder right now if you will give him a huge round of applause as he comes and preaches the word of the Lord on this All Nation Sunday. Praise the Lord, every one of you. Amen. It's uh, definitely good to be back in Nova. It's a, the setting's a little different. We're not in a comedy club. Amen. It's a little larger. and I mean, that's just God working. Amen. Isn't it just beautiful when you can look back sometimes? Amen. I like to look back sometimes. I had a professor that said, sometimes you need to smell the roses. And that's kind of what I'm going to be preaching about this morning. I'm going to talk about looking back. Because sometimes we got to remember how good God is. We sometimes lose focus because a a wave comes because all of a sudden we had the faith to step out on the water and and the wave comes crashing and we lose our focus on Jesus and we got to remember how good Jesus is to us. Amen. Amen. Love Pastor Worthington, Pastor Travis and Sister Amber. Pastor Amber, I love love both of them. Amen. So much. And... uh, love the work they're doing here, and I know you guys are definitely in, in love with them. They are just sweet people, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, I'm glad the, they, she asked me if I knew how to play the drums this morning, and I was like, no, no, I don't know how to play the drums. She's like, I thought I remember you playing the drums, and I did. I learned to play the drums at Nova Church on an electric set. The chain was broken, so I stuck a rubber band around it on the little drum pedal, and it worked for a, a good little while. <laughs> Amen. But I'm glad to see we upgraded. Didn't keep with the uh, the electric set. That's an upgrade. Or he upgraded. Amen. Well, let's turn to our, our Bibles. I'm going to read a few scriptures here, so if you can't turn as quick, it's fine. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. That's our first scripture. Then we're going to go to Matthew 7, Psalms 23, Psalms 84, and Mark 10. I'm preaching the whole Bible. <laughs> Psalms chapter, I mean, Romans chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness? And forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Amen. It's by his goodness that leads us to repentance. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Psalms 23, 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from thee that walk uprightly. In Mark 10, 18, And Jesus said unto him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Amen. From these scriptures, I want to preach on this topic this morning. God is good. Amen. There's an old saying. You can say, God is good. 
and all the time. I'm glad you got that. Won't you sit your Bibles down, lay your, raise your hands up, and ask God to anoint this service. Lord, we love you. We praise you, almighty God. We ask you this morning, God, to let your power and your presence begin to flow into this house, God. Ministering to every heart, God. To every ear, God. Lord, to every person that is here today. God, help us to remember how good you are, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you for your presence that's already here, God. The power that's already moving, God. I give you all the, all the praise, God, this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm telling you, God is good. And all the time, well, we could probably do this all service. You know, I can remember uh, growing up as a kid, I grew up in, I was born in Sulphur, Louisiana. Uh, was raised uh, from five to my adulthood uh, in Texas, right there on the border of Cajun country. It's uh, where everyone eats crawfish. And... Uh, they do, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff, uh, uh, eat alligator and snake, and, you know, we eat everything people don't want, we eat it. And uh, I, I grew up there, and I can remember growing up as a kid, uh, my mom was a woman of, of, of huge faith. She had lots and lots of faith, and my father was not in church, and he's still not in church. He doesn't attend church, and it's not something he's about. But I can remember uh, hearing my brothers talk about my mom's faith. And uh, that she, she's still alive, so she still has faith. But uh, I have, I have uh, there's five boys and one girl in my family. I'm the second middle child. Uh, so that means I'm even worse than the regular middle child. I'm the second one. And uh, so there was, I have three older brothers and a couple of younger siblings. And I can remember my older brothers talking about the many miracles my mother would pray for and the things that would happen in, in, in our life. And there was a time of, uh, that we had this old beat-up car, and all of us was in it. It was when I was a baby. And uh, we were driving, and some, some reason, I don't know what happened, maybe a deer darted in the side of the road. She swerved off the side of the road into a ditch, flipped the car three times. They crawled out of the car. It was upside down. And uh, my mom's hysterical, they say, and she's like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. So they call a tow truck, and the tow truck gets there. She says, I'm going to need you to flip over this car because i gotta, I got to go. I, I can't stay here. And the tow truck guy's like, ma'am, this, this car is not going anywhere. And about the time they were talking, the car catches on fire. It catches on fire, and she's the only thing my mom knew to do. She went and laid hands on the car, and she began to pray on the car, and the fire went out. The tow truck guy saw it. The fire went out just like that. She began to pray in the name of Jesus. Nothing eloquent, nothing crazy. Just saying, God, you know I need this car. It's something I have to have. And she began to pray for that vehicle. The fire went out. She said, I need you to flip this car over and pull it out of the ditch. He, said, he just looked at her like she was crazy, and she was, and, and, and uh, crazy faith. And she, he flipped it over, and she pulled it out. And I tell you, that car only had a dent about that side on the driver's side. And he said, well, he just said, there's no way you're going to be able to start it up. It's just not going to happen. She said, kids, get in the car. She loaded the kids in the car, hopped in the car, boom, started right up, backed it out of the ditch, and drove on home. Now, some of you may look like I'm crazy, but that's a true story. It happened in my life. I'm telling you, no matter how, what you think your situation's like, God is that good. No matter how big of a hole you got yourself in, God is that good. He can take you out of the miry clay and put you on the rock to stay. You might say, Brother Miller, I just don't understand. Neither do I, but I trust him. 
You don't have to understand. All you have to do is believe and trust Him. Amen. I'm telling you, there was a, a, a time when I was a, a preteen uh, growing up in southeast Texas. You worry about hurricanes. We were on the Gulf, and there's always hurricanes, it seems like. And, and uh, many times our vacation was not snow days and stuff like that. You know, you get great snow days up here. We got, we got flood days, and uh, we got hurricane days, and evacuation and pray your house doesn't get destroyed day. You know, those type of days. And, and we were on an evacuation route to Hot Springs, Arkansas. I can remember, and we had this vehicle, and I'm sorry if you have this vehicle it was just the worst vehicle. Maybe I bought, we bought a lemon, but it was a Dodge Neon. This Dodge Neon was a lemon, and it, didn't, it, it would always die. It would, it, on the worst times, and we were on the hot evacuation route, didn't have any AC, so we had the windows rolled down, and it dies. It, 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 there's no, and, and at this time, my mom, she remarried and had a stepfather, and and he was not in the church at the time, and he had no faith. He didn't really, he believed there was God, but didn't have the faith there. And, and uh, I can remember it dying, and he was just like, oh, great, what are we going to do? Mom's like, we're going to pray for this car. See, because she could remember way back when. She, she had a testimony. She said, I know there was a car that was stuck in a ditch a long time ago. It may be a, a different situation, but my God is still the great mechanic. And he can work on any situation, any problem. And, and my stepdad's eyes got about that big. He said, we're going to pray for a car? She said, yeah, we're going to pray. And I was in the back seat. I can remember just me and my brothers were in the, the other car with my grandparents because we were evacuating together. And she said, Adam, let's pray. And we began to pray, Lord, touch this car. And it seemed silly as I was praying for a car. But I just believed. I said, Mom, you've you, you seen it happen before. And I just got to trust that it's going to happen. And we began to pray. And she turned over the key and nothing happened. And she, I said, well, what are we going to do now? And my stepdad was kind of like, yeah, see, I told you. Uh-huh, ain't nothing going to happen. She said, we're going to pray again. That was her. We're going to pray again. And we did. We prayed about four times for that car. And I think on the fifth time, as, as we began to pray, she turned it over. And all of a sudden, boom, it started right up. And then my mom was like, uh-huh, yeah, I told you. My God, is that good? Sometimes we got to remind ourselves that we serve a good God. He's not a small God. He's not a demigod. He's not made of gold or wood. No, but he is the all-sufficient, almighty God. There is nothing my God cannot do. If you need a job, I'm going to tell you today, God can give you a job. If you need a financial blessing, I'm going to tell you today that Jesus Christ can give you a blessing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So all those stories that happen, I, you know, you get to that place in your, uh, when I was about 23, I, I was 23 23, I think, and I was working at this place called Pilgrim's Pride. It was a chicken factory. I was a professional chicken executor. That's what I did. That was my job. I executed the chickens, and uh, it, was, it was a hard job, but I was in college. I had a wife. I had a baby, and, and I was working full-time. I was trying to provide for my family. You ever been there? It's just kind of put scratching two pennies together trying to provide for your family, and that's where I was at, and I, I remember that I had to work, and I could not miss. There was no taking a sick day. There was no, you have to go to work no matter how you feel because I need every dollar I get in. You ever been there? That's where I was at. So I feel like I'm still there. I'm trying to get out of it. 
you know, and I was working. And I remember I was working at this, uh, work, and I don't mean to, if you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry. Uh, I was working with this, the chicken feet. And the chicken feet, they had this little machine that had like two pin rollers on it that would spin real fast and had thousands of spikes on them. And you would stick the chicken feet on it and it would take the skin away. Yeah, it sounds painful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were dead. It's okay. This is what I would do. But I was working one day and just working and just just doing my thing with the chicken feet. And, And all of a sudden, my hand got caught in there. The glove was torn up. There was blood coming from my hand. I hurry up and ran. I can't take a sick day. I can't do that. I knew that I had to work. I didn't have time. I didn't even have insurance. There was no way I could go to the doctor. I remember getting over that sink, and I just began to close my hand real tight, and I just began to pray out loud in my job place. I didn't care because I was desperate for God to do something in my life. And I said, Lord, you see, I can't miss a day. Lord, you see, God, I can't get sick. God, I just need you to heal my hand, God. And I began to remind God of what he did for my mother's vehicle. And I said, God, you've done it for my mom. It seems like time and time again, Lord, I've seen her faith work, God. But now I need a story of my own, Lord. I need you to heal this hand and all of a sudden I lifted my hand up I washed it under the water and there was cuts all in my glove I pulled the glove off and there was not a scar on my hand no blood that what's over on my hand why did he do that because he is a good God I didn't deserve a healing I didn't deserve that but that's how good our God I'm talking about a good God today. That he has no respect to a person. He just wants to heal you. He just wants to deliver you. He just wants to bless you. Amen. We find in the Bible the first miracle Jesus performs is turning water into wine. He didn't have to do it that day. Why did he do it? Why did he turn water into wine? Because he's good. I'm about to help us come back to our remembrance that God is good. He didn't have to that day turn the water into wine, but he did it for one reason and one reason alone, because he is a good God. Later on, the Bible talks about a noble man. The Bible says his son was close to death, and Jesus just goes over there and heals him. Why did he do it? I want somebody to help me out here. Why did he heal this person? Because he is a good God. I want to remind you this morning that God wants to heal you. That God wants to touch you. That God's desire is to minister in your life. There was one with an evil spirit that he goes and casts it out. There was another that, uh, that he just went over and just touched and healed from leprosy. You could find out how good God really is. He heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. That's how good he is. He healed the mother-in-law. That's how good God is. He healed somebody's mother-in-law. I mean, he can do anything if he can heal a mother-in-law. Amen. Amen. I don't know if Simon Peter was happy about it. (laughs) No, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) So they were out fishing all night. And you know the story. They didn't catch anything. They were out fishing all night. We know the story. You know, they they were businessmen. These weren't just like me, go out and fishing. If I don't catch anything, no big deal. I got some steak in the freezer. It's okay. These were businessmen. 
And, and I don't think their lives were dependent on this one catch. I, I don't, don't believe that. I don't find that in the scripture, and I, I, I just have to think that this wasn't, hey, we better catch this fish today, or, or we're all going to starve at home. No, I think he was a good businessman, so they probably weren't even depending on this catch. They had some probably in the storehouse. They had some drying out somewhere. They probably didn't need it that day, but Jesus sees them. He sees an opportunity to touch someone's life. And he didn't have to, but he did because he's a good God. And he said, why don't you just go back out? Why don't you just go back out and cast that net again? On the, and they did. And what happened? The scripture says they couldn't even pull up the multitude, broke the net. It was crazy what happened. Why? Because he is a good, good God. His fame, this fame of Jesus Christ, it began to go around all the people. People were talking about how good God was. And, and these men who had heard about how good Jesus was, he got, they got their friend together because they heard that Jesus was so good that he could do anything. They grabbed their friend, they climbed on top of a roof, and they began to rip the roof apart, the Scripture says. They said, this is how good God is. And, and they began to rip the roof. They began to tear it apart They're just for their friend. What's crazy is they lower this man down. And Jesus doesn't say, what are you guys doing? This guy, it's his, it's his house. You just tore up his house. No, no, no. He's not even going to worry about that. That's temporal. That's temporal. That's just materialistic. Don't worry about that. What he says is, let me go ahead and heal this man. Let me go ahead and touch this man. You see, because Jesus isn't here to beat us up. He isn't here to bash us. Hey, we've all made some mistakes. The scripture says that we all come short of the glory of God. Amen. If you were perfect, you'd be like Enoch. He was not. He was translated. He's gone. He's in heaven. Poof. He's not here right now. But you are here symbolizing you're not perfect. Symbolizing you have flaws. You have issues. And symbolizing that you're here, you need Jesus. I'm glad we're all on the same page today because we need Jesus. I can't go a second. I can't go a minute. I can't go another hour or a day without Jesus. Amen. So you see this, uh, this what happens, he rips this roof up. And, and they didn't care what, what the house looked like. They just knew that they had to get their friend to a good God. You see, a good friend won't let you just sit in the back and let you go through your trial and tribulation. But a good friend, when the service is moving, you can feel the power, and I can't stop praising them and singing. They go get your hand even though you had a death in your family, even though you're going through a terrible situation right now, even though you have no money in the bank. They grab your hand anyway, and they say, let's just praise him because he's a good God. Let's just praise him because he's worthy. That's what a good friend, a good friend grabs your hand and brings you down to an altar and lets you know that it's okay. There was a man in the Bible, the scripture says he had a withered hand. He had a withered hand and some scholars say it was because he was most likely a bricklayer. And that's probably where he got his uh, injury at, working. And he was a bricklayer and something happened to him. And all of a sudden his hand now is withered. It's deformed in some way. And Jesus sees him and says, stretch forth thine hand. 
he had that hand tucked in the pocket. If that was my withered hand, my embarrassment, my shame, that's not the hand I'm going to reach for first. When I shake someone's hand, it's not the deformed hand. When I stretch forth my hand to somebody. But there was something this man knew about a good God. There was something he knew about Jesus Christ and how good he was. He stretched forth his problem. He made his problem known. This can be a hard thing in the church. Because when we come to the altar or we are at church, we try to put on the best. We try to put on the best suit and, and the best clothes. And I'm not bashing, though. That's great. We should look our best. But when it comes to a spiritual application, when we begin to talk to Abba Father, when we begin to talk to Jesus Christ, we don't need to try to offer the best. We need to say, God, here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. We need to say, God, here's my problem. I'm going to offer you my, my withered hand. And my problem seems deformed. It seems messed up. It seems distorted, God, but I hand it to you anyway. And the scripture says that in one moment, Jesus Christ doubled his power. He not only had one hand, but now he had two hands. He can now punch the devil twice as hard. He can now do something that's amazing. He had doubled his power in one moment. Think about what God would love to do in this place today. Well, how he would love to double some people's power if you would just offer you what, you, what, you, what you think is no good. What you see is broken. What you see is in shambles, is in pieces, is withered, is distorted. If you would just offer the real you and say, God, here I am, fix me. I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I'm ready for something better, God. I'm ready to be the real me. In that moment, he untucked that hand and God healed him. You see, Jesus' disciples were about to get on a boat. They got on this boat and they said, let us go to the other side. The storm was getting really bad and the disciples were scared. Jesus stops the storm. Why? Why does he stop the storm? He didn't have to because he already said we're going to the other side. The disciples weren't going to die that day. They had a word already. They had a promise given already. We're going to the other side. Jesus didn't matter how much waves or wind beat the ship. The ship was going to the other side because it said it in the word. But even in their fear, he stopped it all. Why? Because he's a good God. He didn't have to stop in the middle of the storm. He, he, the, the promise, the word was already there. But that's how good God is. He gives us a word and says you're going to make it. And then when we get through the storm, and it's, it's getting real rough, even though he said we're going to make it, he will give us peace. He will give us comfort in the midst of the storm when he's already given us an assured word. You see, the first lie that was probably ever told was that first lie the devil telling Eve was that God was not good. It was that he's not good. She believed it. And then Adam and they both ate of this fruit and they were cast out. People say, well, if God was really good, then wouldn't he just restore them where they were at? Or, 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 or why, why wouldn't he just do that? I want to tell you, I think God would do that if he was an average God. If he was an ordinary God, God would probably do that. Because doing that would just put them back into innocence. And innocence is mean not guilty. But we serve a God who is a good God. When Jesus came on the scene, he says, I'm not only going to make them innocent, but I'm going to make them righteous. 
See, he didn't just want us to be innocent. But now we are beyond just innocence. We are righteous in his sight. An average God would put you back where you are. But a good God says, I'm not just going to put you where you were, but I'm going to put you where I am. You may be on an earthly kingdom right now, but a good God says, I'm going to bring you up to where I am. That's a good God. He is so good that he doesn't put us back to where we were, but he brings us to where he is. You may be sitting here today and say, Brother Adam, I'm in the valley to be honest, and and I don't see my way out, and I don't think God's, and I don't even feel God's goodness right now. I don't feel it right now, brother. We've all been there. I've been there too. I felt that I was in a place where I couldn't feel his goodness. But, but we are only human. And situations for us can feel like it can change us in our attitudes and our actions. But God's character, who God is, never changes. His nature is unchanging. The attributes of God are steadfast. Malachi 3.6 says... Says it like this For I am the Lord, I change not. You see, if God doesn't lie, then He will never lie. If He has compassion, then He will always have compassion. If He hates sin, He will always hate sin. It's His nature, it will never change. He's constant. And if he's good, if he's good, he will always, always be good. You see, if he was good enough for me when I was in the valley, when I was in Pilgrim's Pride, killing chickens, if he was good enough for me when I was stuck in my ditch, when I was in that Maori clay, he's good enough, good enough for when I'm on the mountain. Ha, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just close your eyes for a moment. I want you to reflect on some goodness of Jesus. Come on, just close those eyes for me. I want you to kind of smell the roses. Come on, there's a miracle you can recollect. There's something you can bring back to your remembrance. (laughs) Moses was talking to Joshua. And after they fought the Amalekites and says, put this in a book of remembrance. He tells them uh, this story, this event, what happened. Put it in a book of remembrance. I want to encourage you. Pastor talked about his prayer journal that he has. Maybe you need to entitle my miracle journal. Or a book of remembrance of what God brought you through and just jot it down. A book that has those amazing events that took place. From it's when he healed my ankle, Brother Tim. Oh, he he touched my my financial situation. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. 
You see, in this world, we will have tribulation. It's inevitable. But yet, Christ has overcome the world no matter what we face. We surely will overcome too because He lives inside of us. So that means I will lift up my eyes unto the hills where my help comes from. In the night, His song will be with me. David said it this way. He was in this valley, this place, this trial of his life. He says in Psalms 27, 13, he says this, I would have fainted. I would have been on the ground. I would have been lost. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. If I didn't know about His goodness, I would have been lost. I would have fainted. I would have been dead on the ground. David was saying this in the midst of his trial of his life. He says, when I am weak, I feel like I can't go on. I'm about to faint. I'm exhausted. But I believe. You may feel like you're exhausted. You're, you're about to faint. I want, to, I want to, uh, to, to help you this morning just to hold on. To believe. I know His goodness is there because He's a good God and God is still with me. If God is still with me, He is still with me. I know I can't see it right now and that doesn't mean it's not there. But because I believe that I will see it again, I'm not going to faint. I will make it and I will wait on the Lord. Yes, I will soar again. My eyes may be sore from weeping, but my morning is about to change to dancing in the morning. Oh, I've been crying for years. Oh, the sorrow I've been facing. But it's about to turn into joy. I was reading a, a story, and we could stand this morning. Coming to a close. I was reading a story about a one pastor's tragedy in his personal life when his children were, were born with disabilities. He was described, he described God's goodness and he compared it to milk. We know that, that milk is, is white. I know this isn't milk, but put your pretending glasses on and pretend this is milk. He compares it to milk and uh, we know that that an adjective and the truth regarding milk. We know that the, the, the definition of milk is, is composed of fats and sugars and lactose and it goes on and on. That is the definition. And just like with this milk, use your pretending glasses, I can stand here when I'm going through a tragedy and declare that God is good. I can declare to you that milk is good. I can declare, I can tell you how great it is with Oreo cookies. And I can tell you how good it is with homemade chocolate chip cookies. You're getting hungry now. I can declare to you this morning that milk is good. But it's not enough to declare. It's not enough. 
His goodness is not enough just to declare, but the Scripture says this. Taste and see the goodness. I can give you story after story and testimony after testimony of His goodness. But it will do no good if you don't get to an altar and taste it for yourself. It's time for you to lift up the cup of the Holy Cup and begin to taste. Oh, I know I'm going through a hard time right now. Oh, I know tragedy's on all sides. I know it's coming against me. But I'm a taste of His goodness this morning. Amen. What God intends for me is still good. No matter what I'm going through. That means in sickness, He's still good. That means through tragedy, through death, through hardship, He's still good. And so this morning, we've had a lot of time to reflect. And I believe the Lord orchestrated this for a reason. I'm with Pastor Travis. It's a tragedy what happened with Brother, Brother Gore. But God orchestrated this. And there is somebody that maybe you've been stuck in a pity party. And maybe you've been, and rightly so, maybe you're going through a situation that it's okay. Yeah, you can feel it's a bad situation. But I want to encourage you. Bring it to the Lord. And let's, let's let him take care of it. Like the man with the withered hand. Lord, it may look ugly. It don't look right, God, but here it is. So I wonder if we can have complete cooperation from the back to the front as she begins to play and sing. Can we make our way down to this altar, to the front, and begin to offer God some gifts? And saying, God, here it is. God, here it is. Here it is, God. I'm going to offer it to you, Lord. Come on, church. Come on, even though I can't feel it right now. Come on, can we lift our voices? Can we lift our hands up?